welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson, and I am joined, as always, on the other line by Susan Miller-Degnan, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, how's it going? Going well as usual, David. How are you? Uh, doing pretty good. Um, we are recording uh, right now. It is Friday morning. We already recorded this episode, actually, uh, yesterday. <laughs> Um, so the second half of the episode will be what we recorded yesterday. Uh, we talked about some of the coaching movement and some of the reports from you and others about what uh, might be on the way. Um, but uh, we, af- it was kind of a busy news day yesterday in the whatever, 12 hours after we recorded. Um, yes, it was. When we talk, we, we we're going to talk about the player decisions and stuff in the first half of this episode. Um so yesterday, uh, let's start with the news yesterday, because to me, those, the two, beyond Dear King deciding to stay, um, which is easily the biggest story of the offseason, and then, you know, the two defensive ends going pro, uh, that's not like a surprise at all. So to right. me, that wasn't like a, a necessarily a huge story. That was exactly what I expected. Um, the biggest stories, I think, of the offseason so far have been really the ones that have happened in the last... I guess three, I don't remember exactly when Bubba Bolden said he was going to come back, but basically Bubba's announcement that he's coming back. Um, and then yesterday, Nikosi Perry entering the transfer portal and Brevin Jordan announcing he's going pro. Again, not totally surprising, but obviously he was uh, one of the, the most important guys in this offense. Um, let's start with Brevin, I guess. Uh, yeah. That is the newest news, and again, Beyond the two DNs going pro, that is, um, you know, he's a guy who's almost certainly going to get drafted probably in the second or third round. Um, he was a Mackey Award finalist last year. Injuries kind of plagued him this year. Um, but, again, neither of us were surprised. I, I don't think many Miami fans were surprised, but obviously it would have been a uh, sort of a Deer King-type pleasant surprise if he had come back. Yeah, um, yeah, I totally did not expect him to come back. Yeah. I, like, He's a pro. Like, he is a pro. Maybe 5% already. thought yeah. he was going. 5%, I'd be shocked if he came back. So, yeah, um, yeah I mean, it's, he's, and the reason is because I think he made the smart decision um, to turn pro. I, I don't always say that, and I don't say it lightly, but um, he's, Obviously, a really, really good talent, great talent, and um, and he just uh, he had some injury issues, you know. Yep. And why? Even though he doesn't, I don't think he feels good about people saying that, but he did. He did have a he yeah. He missed a lot injury. of time this year and last year too. He missed quite a bit of time. Yeah, that's, yeah. He injured his foot badly last year and had that surgery, and uh, I'm sure he's, he's obviously he looks so good in that bowl game and. Um, you know, he's, he's so good and he's so smart, I said in my story, and such a great character, such a great, <laughs> um, in every way, uh, physically and mentally and everything he brings to an NFL team, I think would be great. And he mm-hmm. should go. Why put yourself at risk for more injury, you know? Yeah, he is. Uh, I mean, obviously Kyle Pitts separated himself as like the top tight end in the country this year. And there's a pretty good chance he goes in like the top 10 of the draft. But, uh-huh. um, you know, after him, the competition for like the number two tight end of this draft is pretty open. And 
uh, you know, Brevin will be in that mix. I, I don't think he'll get drafted in the first round. He just has, you know, some of those injury concerns. Um, not that they were, not that it's like a need, you know, not that it's like one thing that keeps plaguing him, but obviously, like you said, he's, he's missed a lot of time. Um, and then just like his size, you know, a lot of teams like those six, five tight ends. Brevin is not yeah. that. He, yeah. But maybe it's uh, honestly more about the other players than him. Yeah, know? exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, right. he'll be in the mix to be that second, third, fourth tight end off the board. Um, I, I'd For be sure. shocked if he. I'd be pretty surprised if he fell to the third day of the draft. And again, like I just don't know if there's a lot he could do to increase his value by coming back. And that's a lot of times what these decisions come down to, right? Is what what can what can another year do for you? You know, Derek deciding to come back. I think what another year can do for him is he puts up a monster year. He's a Heisman finalist. Like you're you're just going to climb up draft boards if you do something like that. Um, maybe Brevin would have like solidified himself as the number one tight end uh, in next year's draft, but I, I don't necessarily think like any production he did would like do that because I think that you know everyone knows he's great, but everyone knows he's you know just a little smaller than NFL teams look for. Um, you know, you, you're drafting him. You're you know what you're getting at this point, um, and that's a really right. good player who is, you know, he's going to play in the NFL probably for a long time. Away right, exactly. And he'll be he'll be very good in the NFL, and he'll he'll increase his I don't know how whatever money if he does well enough, and I think he will. He'll be, he'll, he'll be fine. Yeah, he'll be and he'll be a guy that interviews well. I, I can see him doing well at God. the combine. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's he's a guy who's stock. I, I don't know where like the mock drafts currently have him. I would guess they have him second, third round. He's a guy that you, you could easily see some teams fall in love with. Uh, because yeah. because of the personality and because you know some teams like that like speedy smaller tight end he's a good blocker by all accounts I'm not, I'm not an expert in that analysis by any uh, stretch but yeah there's there's a lot to like about him and and there's stuff that he's teams involved, are gonna and, love and 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 also the, I think uh, uh, Pro Football Focus had him as um, the tight ends with the most uh, yak the most yards after yeah. catches by like a lot. Yeah. May I yes. Yeah. Um, so, kind of speaking of what we were saying with with guy, the risk benefit analysis, guys who can increase their stock by coming back. Uh, you also like the decision by Bubba Bolden to come back. And again, like like you just said, like you just said, Brevin Jordan, it's smart for him to go. You you think it's smart for Bubba to stay? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Bubba announced on Tuesday with a video, like they're all doing on yep. social media now, and. Um, this past Tuesday, he announced. I think this January sixth, January fifth, mm-hmm. and and uh, uh, you know he's uh, like I said, he's another top player, defensive player, all around gem, all around. Really had a, a lot of the season. He had a great season, and then he 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 definitely tapered off towards the end. He had some he had some not not great games. I some some not great games yeah. actually at towards the end but there's so many he's very talented he was an all-american at usc uh, he was you know one of the top recruits in the nation is um he's very strong and intense and another you know seems smart and uh uh very uh, just all around blocks yep. kick and uh, the, 
did this podcast is that the, some of the stuff that, you know, fumble recoveries or whatever, he did, he, he does it all and he's so into it. And, uh, but some of his tackling, which some of it was phenomenal in the beginning of the season, his form, but then some of it, he took wrong angles, he missed players. And some of those games like North, North Carolina, and some of the games where they started doing really poorly, the defense at the yeah, end of the NC season. State, I think he had a, a bad missed tackle in the NC State game, if I remember correctly. I, well, NC, I don't know. He just, um, he was just like, what? What's going on? Like, yeah. he's not that. But he's so good that I think Bobo will be, will get better. He's going to get better because he wants to get better. Yeah. And because he's good enough, he's good enough that he is going to get better and he's going to improve his draft stock. I don't think... I don't think he would have gone that high in this year's draft, but he but he can improve it enough to go that high next year. Yeah, he's a guy where if you did like a highlight reel and you were just like, this, these are the top ten plays he made this year, and that was all you got to see of it, like anyone, you just got to see everyone's top ten plays, you would think right. he's like a first-round pick. Like you mentioned, he blocks kicks, you know, some of the tackles he made, um, the sideline-to-sideline side stuff that, you know, he's – he really covers the whole field. He, you know, he's he's got the length, he's got the range. He looks the part, obviously, of like an all-American type safety. Um, you know, if you just saw his top ten, you'd be like, "This is the best safety in the country." He's going to go in the first first or second round. Um, right. But obviously, that's not all scouts see. They see the good and the bad, and there was just too much bad, I think, throughout the year. Obviously, he wouldn't be a first round pick, and you know, he. he Good chance he would have been a guy who fell to the third day. Um, but by coming back, if you just – we know what the good is. And if you can make the good happen more often and eliminate the bad, then he's a guy who should easily climb into the second day of the draft and maybe even the first round. I mean, remember, he's a top 50 recruit in the country coming out of high school. Um, he was – I think he was really good last year too as a um, in his first year at Miami before the injury. Obviously, you know, through the first three or four weeks of the season, he was – you know, he, he was a Thorpe Award like semifinalist because he was dominant for the first half of the year. Basically, um, True. there were there were always some flaws in his game. I think he always graded out pretty poorly in coverage. Um, like you mentioned, the angles sometimes weren't great. Um, but you know that that's pretty much all teachable stuff. There's no reason he shouldn't be a good cover safety. Like he's built like a cornerback, basically, just like and I love, thicker. I love this that when he when he made his announcement to come back, he said. I've never been satisfied with not being the best. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, my college journey has been filled with many highs and lows, yet I continue to be committed to the pursuit of greatness. I am by no means a finished product. Yeah. I love it. And then he said, I have many areas of development and improvement. Uh, furthermore, my brothers and I have some unfinished business to handle next season. And then I th- he also wants to, he said he wants to get a degree. Everything we just talked about, yeah. which, you know, Great for him, mature, mature, good, good attitude. Yeah, and the other thing I like about him returning is um, this defense really needs a leader. With um, you know, this year, obviously, we didn't get to see the way that, like the kids all interacted and practice and all that like we normally do. Um, right. And that you know that gives us a good sense of who like the leaders basically are, like who's kind of gathering the guys after practice or whatever. You know, who just who who guys tend to gravitate to. Um, right. But we also get a pretty good sense just through who the team sends out for interviews. Like, and we were getting Jalen Phillips and Quincy Roche pretty regularly as like the two 
guys to like kind of speak for the defense. Um, in a way, in a way that Shaq or Pinkney or Jaquan Johnson would in past years, um, and Bubba Bolden, they need they obviously need someone to replace those guys, and and Bubba is a natural successor to that. And and, and I just I just want to include Gilbert Frierson. Yeah, Gilbert Frierson too. That's a good good he's one. The other one. To he's the yep. other one. He's leader, and he's going to be even more of a leader next year. Yeah, so. but Bubba can certainly be. You know, those like we said, those two guys were all American type talents, potential first, yeah. second round picks. Bubba is the clearest successor uh, to that sort of mantle. If you look at next year's team, there's not really a clear cut, like all American contender on the defense. Um, when you've considered, you know, usually Miami, it's been producing good defensive linemen. They got to find uh-huh. two new defensive ends. You know, maybe Nesta Silvera takes a leap into that conversation. The linebackers obviously are a lot of questions. The cornerbacks have a lot of questions. Bubba is, is really the one guy that you look at and you're like, this guy can be, um, you know, first team All ACC, potentially an All American. What about Gil Frierson? I keep yeah, Gilbert Frierson too. But it's I mean, he's obviously he plays striker, so like it's a little you know, it's not like All American teams like list that as a position. Like it, it just makes it a little trickier with him. But yeah, he was really good too, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, in the similar category, I don't think we need to spend too much time in him, but Cam Harris announcing he's coming back. Um, another guy who obviously, you know, has something to prove next year with. I'm usually in the camp of if a running back is certain he's going to get drafted, he should go pro. Um, but I just don't think there was a lock. It was a lock that Cam was going to get drafted. Yeah, I agree. And, and not only that, David, it's like, uh, to me, that was a slam dunk. I mean, you needed to come back because yeah. he has not shown that he's that he's elite. Uh, he, he, that he is, um, uh, you know, continuously elite. You know, every night, like he breaks off these beautiful runs. He's definitely talent talented. He has great hands. Um, and you know, as far as the receiving game goes, he can really burst as far as his speed, but. Um, he he definitely has to improve on his his every every down running if you know what I mean you know um, and I think UM really needs him it was very important for him to come back uh, he's another guy that could be a leader although he's very emotional he's very sensitive but mm-hmm. um, yeah the two young running backs constantly praised him for like his leadership throughout the year. I, I just think that was a he had to do that move because I don't he would not be drafted very highly if at all I, I guess maybe he would be at the, the last day mm-hmm. um, but man he could really next year prove something um, and help himself a lot yeah I don't um I don't know if he'll ever be drafted highly right like he's you know there's a lot of good running backs in the country he's a little small you know he's he's a kind of a classic like great college running back who you know, he'll, I would guess he'll, like, play an NFL game one day just because, you know, running backs cycle through like that. Um, but, you know, there's a big difference between being guaranteed to get drafted and having no guarantee to get drafted. and um, a drafted agent. There's yeah. a huge difference in anything. A fifth round, if you're lucky, a fourth round, a sixth. I mean, it's better, sixth round. It's better than not getting drafted. Yeah, and um, – I think he showed some stuff in the bowl game that he's always been a good receiver, but he was you know, really good in the receiving game um, against Oklahoma State, making like catches down the field. Um, 
obviously, you know, Donald Chaney looks the part of a future superstar. He looks like a guy who could be your featured running back next year. Um, Jalen Knighton, obviously, is really good. They've got a, a talented freshman coming in at that. Franklin, who could is big, thick, could be like a short yardage type of guy right away. Um, yep. So, the, the, you know, it's not like he's, he's probably not going to get more carries this year than he did next year, but um, the offense should be better. And if he just can make the most of those opportunities, I'm sure that's the pitch Re- Lashley made to him, basically, is, you know, you're not, it's not like you're going to get a hundred more carries next year because you're coming back for your senior year. But um, we're going to be better as an offense and you can be even better and you can show you have a role, um, not just as a home run hitter, but as a receiver and obviously as a leader. And again, if, if the offense is just more efficient, he's going to put up better numbers, get more exposure. And, and I think he can potentially climb into like that guaranteed to get drafted range if Miami is, is better next year. And obviously, yeah. like, if you're not going to get drafted, it's a good idea to stick around and get your degree and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, totally agree. And also, um, and, you know, we could end his discussion on this. Uh, again, it, it, just like with other guys, you know, we were talking about Brevin and how high he would go in the draft. A lot of it has to do with the other players and, and, and running backs always are getting injured. Always. Yeah. Like every year, and I don't mean just UM, it's very hard to stay healthy if you're a running back. And, you know, Jalen Knighton, I think, had shoulder surgery, right? Who knows how he's going to be next year? I'm sure he'll be okay, but some people have nagging things that keep coming back. Uh, you just you just don't know, and um, so you never know in that department. It was just a good move all around. Yeah. All right, let's wrap up the player discussion um, with, I guess we got... First, we'll we'll wrap it up with Nikosi, but first, uh, DeAndre Johnson coming in as a transfer uh-huh. from Tennessee. Uh, your thoughts there? Defensive end. Uh, I think the more I think about it, the more of a graduate transfer, more of a good move I think it is. Um, he, first of all, he's from Miami Southridge, yep. right? So he played with what, what, Mark Pope? I believe he played with Mark Pope, D. Wiggins, oh. DJ Scaife. Yeah, uh, so he knows. Yeah, David David Cooney, the director of recruiting, was the offensive coordinator at Southridge when he was on that defense. He knows the culture already of Miami. He comes from a big, you know, I know they didn't have a great year, but, I mean, you know, the SEC is a competition he saw. I mean, he's 6'3", 255 pounds listed as, so maybe he's, I always find the guys are a little smaller as far as height, but that they say, but... um, I, I like that he'll be a fifth-year senior, so he has experience he, this year. I, he played in ten games. He had he had six tackles for loss and four and a half sacks, mm-hmm. five quarterback hurries, and two forced fumbles. That's that's good. Those are good numbers, and yeah. um, I, I think I, it's a very good move. They need they needed some experience there. Yeah, by all accounts, he was one of Tennessee's most improved players this last year, um, and. You know, this isn't like getting Quincy Roche, where, like, you get that guy and it's a lock that he's going to start and be a star for you. Um, but it's right. it's like when you get Trayvon Hill or, or some of the other depth type of guys they've got in Chigozi Naruka, where this guy is a lock to come in and contribute and maybe start. You know, it's going to be an open competition, I think, to see who starts at defensive end between you know, Jafari Harvey, Cameron Williams, who both flashed, uh, Chance Williams, who's a... Um, he was a very highly touted incoming freshman who we didn't see very much of. Um, and then DeAndre Johnson. And the, and then maybe, you know, some of the incoming freshmen, like Jabari Ishmael, um, you know, even Leonard Taylor. Uh, if if 
they want to start him at end as he kind of bulks his way up to be a, a defensive tackle. Um, DeAndre Johnson probably enters the spring as a favorite to start at that position, uh, but oh, it's, it's going to be an open yeah. competition. Yeah, for sure, but I think he's going to definitely be a favorite. Yeah, but definitely. That's, I don't know him at all. I don't know his personality. Yeah, just, just based on his track record and his age and all that, it makes sense. And yeah, they needed I, it. And they needed it, obviously, trying to replace two really good defensive ends. Um, all right, so Nikosi, we'll finish there before we jump over to some coaching stuff. Um, sure. Not a particular surprise after Derek King announced he was coming back. Then, obviously, Derek's injury in the Cheez-It Bowl maybe opened the door for Nikosi to come back. And, you know, they obviously, I'm sure Miami wanted him back to get, a, a you know, a backup there in case Derek's not ready for opening day or – you know, in, in case they got to, like, slow play him or obviously if he re-injures that knee. Um, but ultimately, it still oh, wasn't yeah. surprising because no, it was, there's, there was no clear path for him to start if D'Eric is back. Right, and it, it, exactly. And I, that was another good move. I, I'm glad. I, he's had a tough time. A lot of it he was his fault. So mm-hmm. he's had a tough time there uh, with maturity issues, some really bad dumb things that he did yeah. um, as far as, you know, the, the spotlight. <laughs> and um, it, it, that's in the past. He's been great. I, as far as I know, as far as I know, as far as we know, the past couple of years. Um, but, I mean, he he came in for D'Eric and, and he did great. Yeah, I love that he got that last moment, right? You know, if, if so, that game doesn't happen, like let's say D'Eric just plays that game and it goes as nor- according to plan – Nikosi leaves. Yeah, I, I think Miami fans mostly wish him well, but now you know there's. It's just a good moment for him to leave his career off on, as opposed to you know the last time he played. I guess it was last year, and you know it was that quarterback controversy between him and Jaron, and no one oh, was yeah. happy by the end of the year. Yeah, I mean that, he's he really had a great. It seemed like he was a classy guy, you know this this season and and waiting and being mm-hmm. patient and came in and we didn't ever hear him and complain on social media or anything like that. And, um, and he had a, he had a great game, uh, 19 of 34 for 228 yards and two touchdowns, uh, no picks, uh, came right in and took control. You're, you're freezing cold. You come in that game. Who, who would have expected that to, to hurt his knee? And, um, Classy, you know, in the post, the media session we had right after the game, um, and um, loved his teammates. You can't argue that he loved he loved UM. No matter what happened with him, all the bad things he went through, he loved UM and was loyal to UM. Yeah. Uh, and uh, of course, at a certain point, I don't think anybody wanted Nikosi Perry. Uh, you know, a couple few years ago, but. Now I have a feeling this was the right time for him to go because yeah. he could have stayed, okay, and and yeah, okay, and yes, maybe Derek won't be ready for the first game against Alabama. So what good does it do you if you start against Alabama and should get killed in that game yeah. or whatever? You're still that you got behind you, Jake Garcia, one of the top incoming recruits in the country who's supposedly like fantastic and then uh you've got tyler van dyke who they've been grooming and it'll be a redshirt freshman who's supposed to be very good and then you've got 
and really, I, well, that's it. But the, the, the point is, they're the kids you're grooming. Right. For the future. And, and so Perry might have gotten one shot against an Alabama team. Who knows? I, I, I doubt very much if Derek, Derek gets well, which he should, okay, whenever he gets well, they're not going to sit Derek on the bench. Right. I don't believe that. So yep. now was the time for Nikosi to leave because it's before spring. He can go somewhere, uh, I think, and get to wherever he's going in time for spring football, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And and show himself. And whoever takes him knows it has everything they need to know. Yeah. So it's not like and he right? and he could land at a power five school. I think will definitely be. You know, he'll have some schools interested. Um, I agree. You know, if not FAU, FIU are always a, a very. You know, the, the schools are always kind of getting top level quarterbacks like this. So he'll he'll easily find a home. It's going to make the spring really interesting, obviously, with Jake Garcia, Tyler Van Dyke, and Peyton Matoka as the only quarterbacks. Um, you know, we're going to get a real glimpse at what the future after D.R. King looks like. And in some ways, that might be good for Miami. Obviously, you, you'd want D.R. King, like we said. It's going to be year two in this offense. Um, the, the, they had a chance to really make some strides in the spring after they missed the spring uh, last year. But, but at least... For the future, it's going to be a, a good opportunity to see who the favorite is going to be to be the starting quarterback, I guess, going into 2022 and, and some of that type of stuff. Um, but obviously Miami would have liked to have Nikosi back. You don't want to roll into the season with three backups who basically have never played before and are multiple of them are freshmen, basically, um, because I guess Van Dyke will be a redshirt freshman. Um, so... Yeah, it'll be it it's not ideal for Miami, but it's not unexpected and obviously there there's a lot of there should be a lot of talent in that room going into next year. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, uh, let's wrap up by talking about some of the uh, coaching stuff that's gone on over the last uh, week, I guess, basically. Um, it started with um, rumors and reports about Ephraim Banda, uh, who has been Miami's co-defensive coordinator and safeties coach, uh, safeties coach since Mark Rick took over, co-defensive coordinator since Manny Diaz took over, um, heading to Utah State. I to be the like head defensive coordinator there as the co-defensive coordinator here, he was really second in command on the defense to, to Blake Baker and, and really kind right. of third and Manny. Um, at Utah State, he'll really get a chance to run his own defense. Um, he is taking some Miami staff members with him. Uh, Mike Zuckerman, as I mentioned at the top, has confirmed he is going. Uh, Utah State has confirmed he's going. Uh, I believe the athletic, uh, I don't remember if you reported this also, reported Alex Devine, uh, who's mm-hmm. another uh, quality control assistant, is going. Uh, and you and several outlets re- reported uh, Demarcus Van Dyke, who has been Miami's uh, assistant recruiting director and yeah. been a quality control assistant or grad, I think a grad assistant um, 
is going and of course is a Miami but, fan favorite playing days. But let me but he's not listen, uh, but Demarcus Van Dyke, who played at Miami too, and he played for the for the Raiders and the NFL. Yep. Um he's 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 not gonna go now. He's he's here and I think Barry just posted something too, Barry Jackson. I mean Demarcus was initially reported by you and others and, and that there was an yeah. intent for him to go well yeah. serve on that staff as the cornerback he coach. was yeah exactly as cornerbacks coach or some coaching cornerbacks there but um you know th first of all uh i i think uh mike rumpf is you know like mike rumpf uh even though you, you know, UM hasn't made anything official, quote unquote, because first Manny has to look to replace people. He's, they right. don't report when they fire somebody or when somebody leaves or when they part ways, whatever you want to call it. But um, I think um, Mike Rumpf will, will, not be, um, will not be the cornerbacks coach next year. And I'm not sure if he's, I, I know he was offered something else <clears throat> possibly within the UM family. I don't, I don't know how much that has to do. I keep thinking of Ed Reed, you know, who played yeah. with some of these guys. And, but I, I, don't, I don't know now as far as Mike Rumpf, is, if he's still actually going to stay at UM or what. But there's going to be an, uh, an opening, uh, almost positive. Again, we have to see, at, you know, at the end of all this, but that there's going to be a cornerbacks opening. Now, DeMarcus yeah. Dyke, I think – who was going to go to Utah State? I, I yeah, as we, I'll, I'll re, I can read what Barry and this is the same oh, stuff. Oh, I you, see. You've been yeah. kind of reporting on it, also. Um, yeah. He said, "Demarcus Van Dyke, UM's well." This is posted as we were recording this. Uh, Demarcus Van Dyke, UM's well-regarded assistant director of recruiting in the past two years, originally was expected to accompany Efren Banda to Utah State, but UM has been making an effort to retain Van Dyke. As you said, you had this on very good authority that he was planning to follow Bonda to Utah State. Obviously, yes. always change. And, um, but I yeah. don't know if he'll coach cornerbacks at UM. I don't know. Yeah, it could be getting a raise um, or a, a new title. Because within, he's a recruiting guy. and very good in the recruiting department with David Cooney. Maybe, you know, he obviously wants to coach cornerbacks, I, but he's never – you know, I don't know Manny's, again, thought process. I don't know if you can get somebody who has a lot of experience. But DeMarcus, I'm not sure. Maybe they give him some kind of on-field presence. I don't know how that works. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Um, well, people always talk about it. And it's been a topic because the national championship is in town here. Um, right. But Alabama just has, like, an absurd amount of, like, quality control assistance. And obviously, mm -hmm. like, that's what you can do when you have Alabama money. Um, and, you know, they obviously, you know, Nick Saban's home for wayward coaches has gotten a lot of attention over the last couple of years. So they, they're, they've kind of got this system where these guys get power, even if they don't have an on-field, an official on-field position coaching role. And, right. you know, Miami, they've started to do that some. Even, obviously, they're not in the Alabama conversation in terms of like what they're spending on these quality control and, you know, support staff type guys, but you know, they hired Ed Reed 
to a, like a new position that didn't exist before. They were originally planning to hire Todd Stroud as like a off-field guy before Jeff, Jeff Simpson left for the NFL. Um, you know, they've clearly under Manny Diaz and, you know, have made a concerted effort to keep talent, basically. Keep their, like, and bring in talent. You know, they, they're not – you get, what, 10 assistants or whatever that – 10 coaches, I think, on staff, something like that. Um, but the good teams like Alabama and the teams that have money mm-hmm. basically have more than that, even if those guys can't, like, coach on game days. Um, and, you know, that's, I think, what Miami clearly is trying to do with DeMarcus Van Dyke, who they value a lot um, to what he brings to the program. Great guy. <laughs> I yeah, always, he's like a Miami, you know, fan know kind of guy. Yeah, I mean, I cover them. Very nice, nice guy, you know. Just uh, – and you know what? That, that's important. Not not just in covering them, but I mean, it's important that you you have, you know, that you you have a good personality that you get, you know, you get along with people, because it's all about people, really. And um, uh, but I don't know as far as Demarcus goes coaching, I just I I couldn't tell you as far as it, you know if he's yeah. Coaching. We just thought, we have no idea how good right. the coach is. Anyway, and by the way, yeah, Todd, you mentioned Todd Stroud. I mean, that's another – that's also – Yeah, it has been reported that he is taking off the field role, but I, you have not reported that yourself. Uh, no, I have not. But I, but I could definitely see it because he's um, – you know, he's, he's had – The cancer survivor. Yeah, it's, it's not really cancer, but it's, it's a, some kind of, uh, you know, um, I don't know, like a blood disease, whatever. Yeah. So maybe it's um, a type. Uh, that he's had for years and it's he's got to be careful you know yeah. I think he's 57 now and, and as I mentioned he was not originally hired to be the defensive line coach he was originally hired to be chief of staff and then when Jess Simpson went to the NFL right became an on the field position because he has and he's been very good I think as a defensive line coach clearly yes oh They've had a great defensive line. Like Miami's not firing him. They might say no way. Apparently he's apparently he has an option of doing something off the field too. I don't know. I don't know yeah. what how they're doing this stuff. I think that would be more of like he is like, hey, I'm you know I want to. This this would be as much his decision as it would be my Miami's decision. Where I think a lot of these other you know. Oh, I reports, think it'd be, oh yeah, I think it's totally his decision. Yeah. That's my opinion. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I, Whereas this Mike Rumpf situation is clearly uh, Miami's decision. It's Manny Diaz's, yeah. Manny Diaz's decision. Mike Rumpf is the best. Such a great guy. Uh, also. Yeah. We, <laughs> I we talked about this all very – it doesn't make a ton of sense for me for them to uh, let him go to bring in DeMarcus Van Dyke. You know, no disrespect to DeMarcus Van Dyke, who is – you know, done a, like I said, a really good job as assistant recruiting director, another like very friendly guy, you know, Miami fans love him. Um, but if you're getting rid of Mike Rumpf, you've got to be looking to make like an obvious upgrade there. You've got to be getting, you know, you're doing that because you see cornerback as a position of weakness and maybe right. DeMarcus Van Dyke will be an upgrade, but you don't know. You've got to be making a big swing. Um, and Barry and especially Barry, in, in the article mentioned a guy that I've said makes sense is Travaris Robinson, who right. was Auburn's defensive coordinator. Um, 
and had previously, you know, has been a cornerbacks coach um, frequently in his past is from Coral Park. Um, you know, so he just makes a lot of obvious, you know, he's a guy who very well might get defensive coordinator offers, but Miami, I, I may, he makes a ton of sense as a guy from Miami to target at cornerback. And he's a really good recruiter, which is obviously one of the big knocks that Mike Rumpf has gotten over the years and deservedly so. I think, so. I think that's the biggest knock he's gotten. Actually. Yes. And I, and I, and, uh, but I think Travaris is being recruited by Florida. Yeah, yeah, he's going to be an in-demand guy because he's a really yeah. good recruiter and a really good cornerbacks coach. His track record as a defensive coordinator is a little spottier, but as a cornerbacks coach and a recruiter, he is among the best in the country. Yeah, so, I, yeah, I'm, I would say Florida probably has more money. <laughs> yeah. Just an opinion. Yeah, probably. Miami yeah. has the allure so. of home and all that kind of stuff, but yeah. Right. Um, what about Blake Baker? Well, you know. We'll finish there. Yeah. I think I, well, okay. There's a couple options. Um, I think Manny is very close with him. Yes. And somehow I feel like if he hasn't let him go yet, maybe he's not going to. Mm-hmm. Now he maybe he's gonna let him go as I don't know this. This is this whatever there's all kinds of talk swirling around, but maybe he maybe he steps back from his uh defensive coordinator calling plays and defensive coordinator and he just coaches one position, safeties or linebackers, maybe. Um and then maybe Manny takes over. Um yeah, so I guess one thing that is notable is remember Blake Baker, as as I kind of mentioned, was just a co-defensive coordinator with uh, Bonda technically, and and Baker had the power. Obviously, he was the one. Yeah, it was a group defense. effort. It was a group but, effort. But they they, all... they could they could do something similar and keep Baker as a co-defensive coordinator, but really like kind of demote him and hire a guy no. to be the the actual head of the defense, or as you mentioned, okay. Manny, who's obviously taken a lot of control of the defense over the last. Uh, two years um, could continue to do that. There's a lot of different ways it could go. Yeah, I don't know how dangerous that. I mean, you know, Manny could call on game day. I think Manny's very invested in the defense as it is, but yeah. he, he spends pretty much all of practice over there, which is not ideal. Like that's not good. Yeah, that's what I, I was just going to tell you. Uh, it's exactly what I was going to say. I I've seen it. it you know, a, a head coach has so many responsibilities and sometimes it gets dangerous when, when if, if you're too invested in one thing, uh, you become kind of myopic, you know, you come, you, you, you're zo- so zoned in on that, that some of the other stuff gets out of hand a little bit. And um, I don't know. I mean, remember Mark Richt was a, uh, he wanted to be an offensive coordinator. He wouldn't yeah. let go and the quarterbacks coach and the head coach. It's a lot of it's a lot of responsibilities at once. Um, so, but he could he could do that because yep. Manny. That's yeah. Him. It's uh, a lot of different ways it could go. Um, yeah, but I, I my gut is my gut is he would have let go of Blake already. 
Yeah. I, uh, we talked about this last week. It like that the cheese it bowl was trending toward Independence Bowl territory when they scored oh, 21 straight to start the game, Oklahoma State. Um, it was and, worse yeah. than Independence Bowl. And if it had gotten as ugly as the Independence Bowl, if it had finished as ugly as the Independence Bowl had, he would have probably been fired by, like, New Year's Eve, much like Dan yeah. Enos was after the Independence Bowl. Yeah, that, um, day, that day he was fired, I think. Or yeah, that I think the next, the next day. Um, it was oh, a night next game. day. Yeah, it was a night game. So, um, or an afternoon, whatever. Uh, that, that didn't happen. And right. I think it's more likely that Manny tries to, like, operate the fringes to make the relationship and situation work for everyone, which is a yeah. gamble that uh, yeah, it's a gamble. determine whether he is the coach here, like, how long he's the coach here for. I agree with you on that one. So, uh, yeah, we'll have to see. We'll have to see how he does. But either way, the, there's going to be a lot of new shuffling and new coaches on the defense. And, and, and yeah, I mean, I think clearly they like it's impossible to act like what they did this year worked entirely. And that that's at least a it didn't thing work. They, yeah, they went down and everything. They went down by a lot. So yeah, after the last two weeks. Yeah, after the last two weeks, forget it. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. They were actually They were fine before that. They were like a top thirty five. Well their tackles no, they were pretty good. They were, oh yeah, and like the ta- but just like the total defense and that kind of stuff. Total were, de- all everything except t- tackles for loss and um excuse me, tackles for loss and, and sacks, they were pretty good. They had still ended up among the top in the country. So yeah. especially TFLs. So, all right, so let's wrap up there. Um yeah. Thanks, as always, for listening. You can follow Susan on Twitter at SMillerDegnan. She has you covered on all of uh, the player movement and coaching movement that surely will keep going on for the next couple weeks here. Uh, we got the national championship coming up Monday. Uh, both of us will be in attendance since it will be at Hard Rock Stadium. Um, kind of feels like it might quiet down between now and then, and then things should pick up again the middle of next week. Um, so we'll probably be back again for another episode next week, assuming some stuff happens, and I'm assuming some stuff is going to happen. There's always stuff that's going to happen. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at dbwilson2. Uh, like I said, I'll be at the National Championship Monday, kind of handling some of the coverage in the lead-up for now. Um, but other than that, no. um, yeah, yeah, we will talk to you guys next week. Yes, we will, and I'll be at the title game also, doing that great sidebar. Should be fun. <laughs> a lot of uh, a lot of South Floridians in that secondary, surely to make my in that Alabama secondary, surely to frustrate Miami fans. Yeah. All right. We will uh, talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening. See you next. See you next week.